Hello and welcome to Jays from Home, a podcast about the Toronto Blue Jays, hosted by two brothers, myself and Matt, although just me today. I'm Steve. Matt is on vacation. I think we will be back together next week. We'll see what happens. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jays from Home. And uh, I'll talk about a, we did a quick poll uh, last week at the end of the week about the trade deadline and we'll get to that in a little bit and just a heads up that uh sherry cerny from twinsdaily.com joined me on the podcast today so we'll have that interview coming up as well i'll get right into it though the results from the last week and a half uh, because we missed the uh the blue jays series against the red Sox as they came off the all-star break because we had our own all-star break so um I'm just going to say, uh, I, I'm not going to go into the 28-5 to win. My note on there was just LOL. Uh, I missed that game. I I mean, I don't think I, I needed to really watch that. I, I feel kind of bad for the uh, the people doing the Jays in 30 broadcast. That's a lot to edit. But I, I think I caught most of it. I think it's basically summed up by Ramel Oh, I'm horrible with names. Tapia's inside the park grand slam and that uh, poor fielding attempt by Duran. Uh, they won. The, they won that series. They swept the series. They won four to one on Saturday and eight to four on Sunday. Off day on Monday, and uh, they had a quick two game series against the Cardinals. So uh, Tuesday they won ten to three. Although that one was a bit scary uh, at the end. Jeremy Beasley loaded the bases before ending the game, and I felt like that was kind of a regression to uh, the are we dropping the game late or getting out unscathed state of the bullpen, although maybe that's just Jeremy Beasley. Um, some uh, A quote that I saw after that game as well, John Schneider is the first manager with a plus 50 or better run differential over his first nine games. Since New York Gotham's Jim O'Rice in 1884, that's a that's a crazy record. Although, like any baseball stat, um, it is uh, a a bit narrowed and niche. And in that game, uh, Springer had a grand slam, which I was very happy to hear the call on the radio after a softball game. Uh, that tied the Blue Jays with five grand slams for the most in the league this year. Uh, Wednesday was a 6-1 to loss. And a fun fact out of this one, though, at least, was that Adam Rainwright has now struck out both Biggios. He struck out uh, Craig Biggio, uh, I think it was something like 5,000 plus days ago. And then he struck out Kevin Biggio twice. Uh, then they moved on to Detroit. Uh, it was a home series against Detroit again. Thursday, they won 5-3. to three, And this was Yusei Kikuchi's first start since his uh, injured list stint. He went five innings, uh, allowed two hits, one earned run, had five strikeouts, and one walk. And just as a comparison, his last start was versus Oakland, where he only went two and a third innings. Allowed two hits, four earned runs, five walks, and no strikeouts. So I think it's fair to say that that was a good improvement. 
Uh, he's pitching next against Tampa Bay this uh, this week, so hopefully he has more of the same. Even if he has more strikeouts than walks, I think he'll be happy with that and goes more than three innings. Five innings is, I think, the ideal here. Um, Beasley was sent down to activate Kikuchi, so I'm happy with that. Uh, some some scary stuff though late in the game. Bichette and Guriel they collided for a catch. Uh, there was some miscommunication there. I think that was Guriel's call to catch the ball, and then Bichette uh, should have backed off, but they kind of collided. Um, and Springer was taken out of the game late for after a hit. His elbow was bugging him again. It looked like. Um, Friday, they lost 4-2 to against the Tigers. Uh, in this game, neither Springer or Bichette were in the lineup, so that's kind of scary, um, mostly because uh, it, it's, you know, not doesn't bode well for Springer to be out long-term, but to have both of them out after, uh, well, Springer being taken out late and Bichette in the collision, that, uh, that's, I was... I think it was just for precaution, but it's uh, a little scary. But also in that game, Manoa left after getting hit in the elbow by a comebacker, although the x-rays came back negative. So I, I hope that uh, for Manoa especially that uh, everything is all good with him. Uh, Saturday, a 5-3 win, which uh, was actually a comeback win. Uh, Teoscar hit a, a nice home run to win that one. Although another scary thing, Vlad was hit by the pitch on the hand but he stayed in the game. And that's actually my strikeout for this week is, is uh, or sorry, that's my no decision this week, is that the Jays keep getting hit by pitches uh, and, and it, or, you know, freak injuries. And, and it's uh, th- the good thing about that, though, is that they're not long-term injuries and they seem to be okay. I think the, the longest-term injury was Gosman uh, after he got hit in the foot. He, was, he missed, I think, only one start, but that was the longest stretch uh, as a result of that, but I think maybe if the Jays could either try to avoid getting hit or avoid freak injuries, maybe wear some extra padding, I think that would be a good idea. Um, and Sunday, yesterday, uh, as I record this on Monday, that the the Blue Jays won the series uh, by beating the Tigers four to one. Um, the uh, the fun thing about this series uh, at the end of this series. The Blue Jays, uh, I didn't realize this, but Jose Barrios and George Springer have adjoining houses in Florida. So uh, they're on their way to Tampa Bay, and they decided to have, uh, uh, they connected their backyards in Tampa and are hosting a, or were hosting a Blue Jays party. Um, <laughs> the the dress code was beachwear, apparently. Uh, so they uh, said to expect floaties on the flight. And uh, as per Schneider, sleeves were optional. And a, a picture came out with uh, all the players uh, in their beach wear. Um, and uh, I think Ross Stripling was right out in front wearing a floaty and very pasty white. And Manoa looking very much like a Florida-dressed na- uh, local and uh, it was a very fun picture. I'll try to post a link to that. And um, so at the end of this week, the Blue Jays stand with a record of 57-45, and 45, second in the AL East, 11 and a half games back of the Yankees, and in they are in the first wildcard slot, three games up on uh, Tampa Bay, I believe. Um, so um, 
I, I mentioned I had a, my no decision. My strikeout for this week was that uh, Springer needs an extended rest, I think. They keep putting him in and out of the lineup. He's got some elbow soreness. I think that for right now, Tapia is hitting well enough and he's got good enough defense that they can let Springer take a few games off. Like, I know there's no easy part of the schedule. Um, even Baltimore is uh, is going to be tough in a couple of weeks. But I think they need to let Springer rest for more than a few games. And as of right now, uh, trade deadline being tomorrow, Tuesday, um, I think if they were to start Tapia in place of Springer, they could uh, use Tapia's offense early in the game and then take him out for a defensive replacement, uh, put Zimmer in the game. And I think that would work out okay. Um, I, I there, It's not exactly a perfect setup. I think they're having Espinal lead off when Springer is out of the game, and Espinal is kind of cooled a little bit. But um, I definitely think that uh, they need to let Springer stay out of the lineup for an extended period instead of just dropping him in and out or even just having him DH because it hitting is also seems to aggravate his elbow. So uh, they need to, to let him get some rest. And a home run for the week is that Buck Martinez came back to the play-by-play booth on Tuesday. So that was really great to hear his voice on the broadcast. I think he's just doing color commentary uh, with Dan Shulman. So I don't think that he's going to be doing play-by-play, but I'm not entirely sure. We'll have to have to see what the plan is. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Um, so mention the trade deadline. Um, I am I am not someone with a huge pulse on the state of baseball like Matt is, um, but there have been some transactions already. Um, the Yankees acquired Andrew Benintendi from Kansas City. Uh, apparently, he's still not vaccinated and has no plans to be vaccinated, but he's open to it. Um, so it's interesting that uh, apparently the Blue Jays were in on the Benintendi sweepstakes. So uh, a lot of people were speculating that he had been va- vaccinated. But uh, I think basically there's only one series against Toronto in left for the Yankees. So I think they're going to wait and see uh, and see what happens in the playoffs as well. Um Another another player off the list for most teams was Luis Castillo was acquired by Seattle. So uh, that was a pitcher I think a lot of people were expecting to see go, and uh, maybe some people wanted Toronto to acquire. So unfortunately, Castillo is off the board. Um, and another reliever that was on a lot of lists was Daniel Bard from the Colorado Rockies. But he, I would say ostensibly, was taken off the list um, because uh, the Rockies signed him to an extension. And then the Rays acquired David Peralta. Um, That's all that I have so far for uh, trade deadline transactions, Uh, though I did have a dream that it absolutely would not happen because uh, baseball, they don't trade draft picks. But I had a dream that uh, the Blue Jays traded a fifth-round draft pick for Noah Syndergaard. So... Maybe it's not a draft pick going across, but maybe the Blue Jays are going to end up picking up Syndergaard and uh, bring him home, so to speak. Um, as far as speculation goes, there's so many different things uh, for uh, for with different teams involved. Um, 
one one thing that's related to the deadline, I would say, is that Gabriel Moreno was ranked as the number one prospect according to Baseball America. So that could play into Blue Jays' trade plans. Although I don't think that the Blue Jays should trade any of their catchers this season. I really think that they're going to trade Kirk, but they'll do that in the offseason. I, I don't think that they should make any trade to take players off the current roster. So I think um, because the the – you know, as evidenced by the Florida beach party, like this team really gels together. And, and you'll hear in my talk with, uh, with Sherry Cerny about the twins, like she hasn't heard of any, uh, cool stories like that coming out of the twins, like of the group bonding, but you hear this kind of thing out of the blue Jays all the time. So these guys really like each other. And I think it would be a really bad thing to, uh, take a lot of players off of the main roster. Um, but some of their notes is uh, um, Ian Happ is uh, someone that the Blue Jays are in on. And that's actually the uh, subject of the poll on Twitter at Jays from home. As I had asked, who do you think the Jays will land at the deadline? And the options were Happ, Castillo, Otani, and Juan Soto. I did specify Juan because uh, there is Greg Soto on the market from the Tigers. Um, I chose Happ. And uh, someone else chose Castillo. Uh, I didn't get too many other results. There were four votes in total. Um, Unfortunately, Castillo is the wrong answer because Seattle picked up Castillo. Um, But uh, hopefully there'll be some more more trades coming up. It's been very quiet since uh, since the weekend. Um, But uh, but that's about it. I. I did see that uh, the Yankees are a long shot for Juan Soto, so that is definitely a good thing to hear. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think many trade. Um, two weeks ago, I said that Soto would be traded by the deadline, but I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, there's. I think you would have to take off many players from your main roster in order to make that trade work, and especially with the Blue Jays it's hard to break up that group. Like they're working really well together. I don't think that you can make that kind of trade right now at the deadline. It has to be done in the off season. I think a lot of other teams are in the same boat. So um, hopefully we'll hear some more trades. Uh, the deadline, I believe, is 3 o'clock on Tuesday, 3 o'clock Eastern. So we'll see what happens. Um, some news, though, that came out last week is uh, Rogers Center renovation uh, is happening over the next two years Um, they are going to have um, like they've made some major changes is what they've announced Uh, they're taking out the entire 500 level seats which were apparently in um, uh, the same seats installed in 1989 so they're replacing them with some social areas they look sort of like the WestJet flight deck which I think is really cool um some other things that are happening that will uh, result in the Rogers Center foul territory, uh, which is currently the second largest in Major League Baseball, second to Oakland, is going to be decreased to bring fans closer to the gameplay. So um, it will, it's according to Arden Zwelling, will likely lead to more potent offensive environment with fewer plate appearances ending in foul outs. So that's really cool to see. And And speaking of... Uh, fans being closer to the uh, to the players, what they're doing in the outfield is they're also going to be raising the bullpens and bringing the fans closer to 
uh, to the field, to the walls. And so they're going to be able to also see the players in the bullpen. And what Shapiro said about the Rays bullpen is, it's going to create a unique opportunity for our fans to encourage our relievers and potentially discourage, the kindest way you can say it, opposing relief pitchers. So that's going to be kind of cool to see. And I think overall what's going to happen is the outfield walls are going to be asymmetrical. So we're going to see some different dimensions. So um, I, I think that's a really, really promising looking uh, renovation to the Rogers Center. We're going to see the outfield done by in the off season of this year. So 2023, we're going to see the new outfield. And then 2024 is when they'll debut, debut the, uh, the lower bowl changes. So that'll be really cool to see and looking forward to that. Hopefully uh, I can get to some games next year and the, the year after. That would be really cool. Uh, so looking ahead for the Blue Jays, um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, they have a quick two-game set against Tampa Bay. Um, they are... Uh, uh, they are two, Tampa Bay, I believe they are three games back of, of Toronto. Um, they have lost... They have gone four and six in their last ten. That may be out of date. I wrote this a while ago. Whereas the Blue Jays are eight and two in their last ten. So um, apparently Tampa Bay has a lot of injuries. Um, uh, they've kind of faded a little bit. So hopefully Toronto can take advantage. Uh, and I would. They didn't have the strong outing the last time they were they played Tampa Bay. And then uh, Thursday to Sunday of next week, they're playing Minnesota in Minnesota. So I'm looking forward to this series a lot, which leads me into our B-team check-in with the Minnesota Twins. And to do this check-in, I'm going to throw this to the interview I did with Sherry Cerny from Twins Daily. Sherry, thank you for coming on the podcast. I, I look forward to, to talking to you this morning. Excited. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so you're you're with uh, Twins Daily. Um, this is uh, a Minnesota Twins uh, website. Is it mainly a fan blog or are you uh, like a more journalistic bend? We are actually pretty journalistic. We have access to the twins um, through the management and the staff and ownership there. Um, we cover a lot of things that a lot of mainstream don't. So it's kind of a really cool concept. We're just a syndicate of them. We are able to cover, um, obviously, game recap. I do a lot of lifestyle and game recap. We also talk about the trades, possibilities of trades. So we go a lot more in depth than what you're going to see from your normal beat writing um, that everybody else does. Awesome. So how how did you come about being a, a Twins fan and writer? Okay, Twins fan. Um, oddly enough, um, I was so young to remember the first one. Um, but 1987, I went to the Twins playoffs, and that's how I um, ended up becoming a Twins fan. It was so much fun because uh, my first game was actually a playoff game, and we got the Homer Hankies, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then it just kind of grew from there. And I fell out of baseball a little bit, um, but then 
come back around 94, 96, and we have Latroy Hawkins, Patrick Mahomes Sr., and I really loved watching them pitch. And then we had the 2004, 2016, and after that, it was game on for me. I mean, Michael Kadir, Tori Hunter, Joe Maurer, um, Justin oh, yeah. Morneau, and those are, you know, my younger, those were my 20s, so I was 23, 24, so those are my core baseball memories. You know, those are like, I was finally growing up in the sport. I was the same age as the athletes. And so even though I started young conceptually, um, it really didn't take off until the 2002, 2003 timeframe. Nice. Yeah. I, I myself like uh, started out young for sure. Like I, I remember watching the Blue Jays 93 World Series win, but honestly, my, my, Biggest memory from that was uh, being amazed that uh, Coca-Cola had a commercial ready congratulating the Blue Jays. And I, <laughs> I didn't my my young brain didn't understand that. But um, so yeah. the the twins on our podcast are what we call our B team. Uh, we like to follow a second team uh, on top of the Blue Jays. And so we've we've been following them along a little bit, but we're not like. Uh, super invested in it. At least I'm not. I, I think my brother pays more attention to the team than I do. But uh, okay. we've we've been happy to see that they've been first in the AL Central for a long time. But I was wondering, like, was that the expectation this year, the team? Oh, my God. Were you expecting to beat Boston 28-3? to <laughs> <laughs> Well, definitely not. So, you know, in my heart, and in my logical thinking, I want to say yes, but that was the expectation, right? Because we signed Byron Buxton, and in the middle of the night, we took Correa from the Houston Astros. Um, and we signed Sonny Gray. We signed um, Paddock and Pagan, which... Anyway, we signed them, and... So was the expectation to be first? I don't know, but I think the expectation was to be competitive. Okay, yeah. And we are definitely, definitely competitive. I think first is an added bonus, but when you look at our lineup, there's no reason we shouldn't be in first. Yeah, and you know, I, I think it's, uh, I was talking to somebody else uh, about this. I think it's, it's, uh, First in the division should definitely be the goal, right? Because, like, I was looking at the standings this morning and I saw how close the wild card standings are. Like, if, for example, Cleveland were to hop over Minnesota, you'd be out of the wild card slot. So, I would be at this point hoping for sure that the twins uh, hang on, right? Oh my god, that's yeah. And with not having a trade right now or any trade moves or I mean, just anything, yeah, I. I do have to say I'm a lot more nervous now in the second half of the second week of coming back after the all-star break than I was the first week after the all-star break. Well, I, I guess it's a good thing though. Like I was looking at the schedule for like Cleveland's the, the a game behind Minnesota, right? That's uh, I have that right. Um, yeah. So like I, I was looking at the schedule for both Minnesota and, uh, and the guardians and it looks like they're, they're kind of similar. Like, um, 
you, you've got three games versus Detroit to start this series, and then uh, we'll talk about the, the series against Toronto later. But the Guardians have three versus Arizona, and then I think they're playing Houston after that. So I, I feel like this week coming up for both teams, you're probably going to end up being the, the same standings at the end of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, you know, I really want to say I don't think the Guardians will make it past Arizona. But I wasn't expecting to get beat by Arizona. You know, I wasn't mm. expecting that to be a two-game takeover. I That shocked me. So I'm hoping, okay, well, now the Guardians still aren't doing as great as they could. So hopefully, if at least not in Arizona, hopefully in Houston, that'll take care of the problem. And we can push that lead back out to three and a half where it was right before the All-Star break. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the players, too. Um, so, I mean, we talked about uh, Buxton and Correa and, and some of the starting pitching. But uh, So, I mean, I would I would assume that we'd expect good things out of Buxton and Correa. But have there been any surprising players this year for you? Um, yeah, actually, I'm not. Okay, I'm going to go with. I'm not going to say this is a surprise because Luis Arias has always been really good. He's just never really had an opportunity to shine. And I think with all the um, injuries and things going up and down, Kirillov, Sano, things of that nature, it has allowed Arias to have an opportunity to actually show his capabilities, and he has just taken off. And so that to me is not a surprise, but it's phenomenal that he got that opportunity. Um I think the surprise for me uh, specifically would have to be Gio Urshela. I was not expecting here, him to come here and be as big of an asset to the game in clutch situations as he has been. And he is great at third base. Like, I, he is fantastic. So I absolutely was not expecting him. And I think the other one for me is... Probably Jose Miranda, you know, he he came up and he was a little bit off his game and you kind of felt like, oh man, this guy just isn't going to like come out of his shell. And then all of a sudden one day he hit a walk off (laughs) and it was on after that. I mean, his confidence just continued to grow. And those are the kind of rookie situations you love to see, you know, they're not normal. Um, because we've brought up Lewis, Kirillov, Celestino, (laughs) basically, you know, now we have, um, I, who was the other guy that we just brought up? I can't even think of his name now. We have all these rookies that we continue to bring up and they all do well, but to see Jose Miranda just smash the way he has has been awesome. Nice, nice. What about on the other side? Are there being any players that have been like an outright disappointment for, for you this year? Oh, God. I hope they don't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I don't even know, to be completely honest. I think for me, um, outside of, I think for me, not even a disappointment, just frustration with Kyle Garlick. Um, he's not, it's not that he's not trying, because he's trying, right? Everybody tries at that level, or at least you hope they do. Um He's just not producing the way I know he can or the way I hoped 
he would. And now when I see him in the lineup, I know that there's a lefty pitcher coming in, right? Because he's really great with lefties. But he's so hot and cold. I see him in the lineup and I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, great. So that one to me is, that's probably the most frustrating one. Yeah, that, I, I think the parallel for, for me for that, for the Blue Jays, would probably be uh, Zimmer. Uh I mean, he's great defensively, <gasps> yes. but, but like he's a hole in the lineup. So oh, it's it's yes. hard, hard to see him in the lineup, especially starting, let alone yes. uh, defensive and then he, replacement. Yes, then Garlic came out of the game. I think, oh, which game was it? It was like three games ago. He came out of the game and he'd only been like warnings. And now granted, he ran hard into the wall and I understand that, that you know, but there's been a couple of times where he's come in and then come out. It, it, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I noticed that there's a couple of new uh, injured list, uh, 10-day injured list uh, additions, um, Max Kepler and Miguel Sano. Uh, now, Sano, I was talking to another Twins fan uh, who's a friend of mine on, on Twitter, and he he's very – he's not uh, high on Sano at all. So uh, Nobody was, is anymore. <laughs> is that a real uh, injured list stint, or is it like the Blue Jays sent Kikuchi on the injured list – with a quote neck strain, but it was really to work to get him out of the lineup for ten days. Is that sort of the situation with Sano, or is it a real injury? Okay, so obviously we know he had um, surgery on his knee. Um, it was ACE, MCL surgery, yeah, and he came back into St. Paul two and a half weeks ago. Now it'll be two weeks, three weeks ago, and um, then he came up to us a week and a half ago. And I thought to myself, God, this is, this is early. This is, I mean, from what they said his injury was, why would you push him this fast to come back? Or was his injury not that bad? Or is his injury that bad? Or now that you brought him up, you realize shit, we can't shoot. We can't bring him back. You know, like, (laughs) so to me, I do think they brought him up too early. And I do think that he might be having knee issues because that would make sense to me. But it's also very probable that we were showcasing him as a trade piece and he just didn't work out. He went 0 for 7. Um, He didn't really produce anything. He was, uh, some people will say he's more controlled at, at home plate, but I don't, I don't really think he was controlled. I think he was scared or nervous. So I really do think it is an injury. Okay. Issue. Um, uh, that one I definitely do. Okay, and what about uh, what about Kepler? Does that create any kind of hole in the lineup to have him out? No, I'm I'm fine. I, if he wants to be part of a trade package, I'm cool. And I know <laughs> that a lot of people don't probably agree with me, but no, I don't. I don't think that it's a problem in the lineup. Um, I also don't think it's a problem in defensively either, because we've had some really good coverage in the outfield because of him being gone but no I don't I mean he's really kind of there or not there okay well and you brought up a, a trade package what um let's say the trade deadline is is tomorrow um yep. what kind of targets do you do you want for the twins or do you, do you think okay. are realistic so it sounds like Maul and Montes are still of what we consider an interest piece, um, according to Dan Hayes from MLB. I don't know 
of anything else that the Twins are looking at. I do know that there are a couple of relievers possibly that we could look at, but I think if we end up getting someone like um, Maul or Manea, and I can't remember who the other pitcher was that I was looking at earlier today. I'll be able to find it here quickly. But um, I think that starters honestly have to be bigger piece because if we can get the the starter issues taken care of I think that will take care of the um, bullpen issues that we have been having and I can definitely say that with certainty that if we were able to at least get Montes that would take care of a lot of issues and the other one was Noah Syndergaard oh, okay um, yeah that's a rumor along with the Otani but Otani is not I I'm not even we have to give up half of our team in order to make that trade and we're not doing that but I just don't know if Syndergaard is would fit in here and that's saying he's not a great pitcher I just don't know if he has the mentality to to hear it's we are looking at that's just rare right right um are there any players from the Twins roster that you don't want to see, like, completely keep them on the team? You don't want to see them packaged anywhere? Um, I really don't want to see, and I know that we have um, Gio and Gary this season at least, um, but I really don't want to see Josh Winder go anywhere. Um, that's, an, that's a no-no for me. Gio Urshela, Luis Arise. Jorge Polanco, um, even Gary Sanchez, uh, those are those are a no-go for me. I also really like Celestino and um, Miranda. I could part a little bit easier possibly with Celestino, but even that's, that's rough. The only one I could really, not even not Nick Gordon. Yeah, I would... I would have to keep all those guys. I could easily put in a package... Um, Kepler, um, Simeon Woods Richardson, uh, and a couple of guys from down below. I wouldn't want to get rid of Kirillov, but he is a good trade piece. So it, it really sounds low. Like I, I think, um, kind of like the Blue Jays roster. Like I don't think you'd really want to give up anyone from the main roster because uh, it sounds yep. like you've got a good group of players who are having. We do. Like, just the right combination of, of uh, offense and um, like maybe not expected from them, but it's, you know, pl- like really pleasant surprise to have. It's working. Yeah. So like why, and if we could get our, if we could get our pitching going, if that's the biggest downfall for me, like our offense does not deserve what the pitching is going through. Oh yeah. I, uh, we, we could be winning. We could be winning. I I mean, do you think that uh, in the next couple of months that maybe even without a, a trade, like hopefully you can get something to shore up the pitching for like, you know, that would be the, the best case scenario. But like, do you think you could see things kind of gelling together? Like, I mean, all teams go through ups and downs with both the offense and, and pitching, right? Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, I don't... I. I think we could. I, I've i heard um, rumors about Sonny Gray and Gary Sanchez not getting along. Um, but Gary Sanchez seems to really do well with um, 
Josh Winder and Joe Ryan and Dustin Smeltzer. So, I mean, I do think that we have all the pieces to make this work. I do think that the pitching itself got handed a really bad card when Wes Johnson left. And I'm not saying Pete Mackey's not good, um, (laughs) but I don't know if he's what we need. And so I do think we could eventually gel together, but unfortunately until there continues to be consistency in the bullpen and with the starters and Rocco stops pulling people in four and five innings, it's going to take a lot longer to gel together. Yeah, for sure. I actually have um, one one thing that I was really wondering about because uh, I read about the, this weekend the Blue Jays were having a, a beach party at uh, Jose Barrios and George Springer's house in Florida. Um, do, are there any fun things, fun stories like that that have come out for the Twins group that uh, like a really nice bonding experience for the team? You know, not that I've heard of, and I am one of the lifestyle writers, and I have not heard a thing about that, and I kind of wish they would. Um, That would be, I think that would be an awesome experience, because you do see it on the field. You do see the way they interact with each other, so you hope it's just mechanics, right? And you hope it's just statistics and numbers that are keeping them where they're at not their personalities but i have not heard of anything like that send them all to valley fair that would be solved everything <laughs> yeah well i i hope that uh i mean i would hope that all teams are doing fun stuff like that i i mean i like you said you see it on the field a lot of the, with a lot of the teams like i saw just this morning i was browsing looking for trade uh updates and i just saw uh someone posted a montage of uh uh, the Baltimore Orioles catcher, like giving big hugs to all his pitchers after wins. <laughs> that, that's really nice to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So um, I think you kind of played your hand with uh, with my next question about uh, Otani for sure. So I don't, it sounds like you don't think he's going to get traded. And I think I agree with you. Um, what do you think about Juan Soto and um, all those rumors? Um. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. I I don't know if he's enjoying it. It seems like he's enjoying it. Um, we don't need him. I don't want him. Um, there'd be no point in us getting him, especially with all the talent that we do have defensively. Um, even with people calling him a mini Nelson Cruz. I just don't... I, feel, I don't know. I feel bad for him because I feel like if someone wanted him they would have taken him already yeah yeah i don't feel like we're less than tomorrow 3 p.m is when the deadline is i don't feel like anybody's making a huge push to get him and 15 years is a long time it really is um but I guess if you feel you're worth more than four hundred and forty million, you know why why take that if you can get that for four years instead of fifteen years? But I really feel like he might have painted himself into a corner, and he might be stuck where he's at. And 
I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, dude. <laughs> well, you know, two weeks ago, I was thinking that, okay, sure, it'll get done by the deadline. But now, like, just thinking it logically, like, I don't think any team is going to make a trade by the deadline because you're going to have to give up, like, definitely players from your roster. Like, especially, so like you said, with the Twins, everybody's working really well together. Like, why would you break that up just to get Soto, who maybe he helps you this year, but maybe not if you break up the group, right? Right. Yeah. I, I, don't I, know. I just don't see, I don't see why, why anybody would take Soto at this point. And it was really funny because a beat writer of ours, her name is uh, Betsy. She's hilarious. I love her. She works for Pioneer Press. One of our minor league guys, his last name is Soto. So she took a picture <laughs> of his jersey in the locker room. And I had just woken up from a nap. And that tweet came across my like notifications. <laughs> and I like opened my phone freaking out. I'm like, no way. What a waste. And then I was like, oh, wait. That's our minor leaguer. She was good. <laughs> well, oh I... <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think that's what's going to happen a lot. Like, because was it the Tigers have uh, Greg Soto? So I think uh, a lot of people are going to get fooled if he gets moved. Yes, yes, it'll definitely, definitely be interesting. I just, you know, I hope for his sake, for his morale, for his career, that you know. And I think isn't Scott Boris his agent? Um, I can't remember. I'm not, I'm not sure, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, I really hope that he does get moved or something gets worked out. Yep. It is Scott Boris. Um, or Scott's got, Scott's always good at making something work. So I don't know. I really hope that they get something that they want, but I think he's not going to be the uh, trade story of, of this deadline. Yeah. I I think I agree. And I'm just glad that what I read this morning was that the Yankees are considered a long shot. So that's, that's always good. Um, yeah, the Yankees don't need any more help. No, definitely not. Um, so next week, Twins and the Jays are are playing each other. Um, what uh, yes. what are you looking forward to seeing next week? <laughs> um, you guys losing. I don't know. <laughs> um, you guys have been on. You guys have been on an existential tear lately, and. If there's anything I'm scared to death of, it is you guys right now. Um, because you guys are coming here, right? Yes, it's a, it's a yep. four-game so set. Least, yeah, so we at least get to keep our players that are not vaccinated, so to speak, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think so you missed do, too many in the first series in Toronto. We didn't. I think we li- I missed two, and it was Kepler. So, And he's out again, so whatever. Um, but I'm really hoping for home field advantage here. I'm really hoping. Uh, um, but I really hope to see our pitching pick it up and um, be able to hold you guys down a little bit because it seems like you guys have been able to work around a lot of pitching lately. So I'm just hoping that our pitching is able to stop what everybody else hasn't been able to. Yeah, I haven't really seen the projected starters, but looking at... So it looks like Kikuchi is playing in Tampa Bay this week. So from the Blue Jays' perspective, I think you're going to miss Kikuchi, which would be like a really good chance for the Twins to... 
uh, to get a good lead on the Blue Jays. But I don't know. It's it's tough to say because some of the starting pitching for the Blue Jays has been spotty recently. Like, I think after Manoa and Gosman, it's it can be hit or miss. Like, Barrios has been better, but I think... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure he had a bad outing against the Twins earlier when they were in Toronto. Yeah, he did. Okay, so Archer, Ryan, so we should have Sonny Gray on the 4th. So Thursday looks like it should be Sonny Gray. And then it looks like Dylan Bundy on Friday, possibly. And um, then after Bundy, we should... They should probably start in with... Uh, I can't remember who the other one after Bundy, but yeah, I, um, I'm curious actually, because I know that you said it's been spotty, but then I really thought we were going to hang some on San Diego. And we just got the first game was San Diego against Snell. There's no reason that we should have lost that game. None statistically on paper. And I know you and I have talked about how we feel about statistics and numbers <laughs> yes. and analytics. But on paper, Joe Ryan should have smoked Snell. Should have smoked him. And he didn't. So I think that's my biggest concern going into the series with you is watching you guys get around some of this pitching. And yeah, you say you've got some spotty pitching. But for whatever reason our pitching seems to be not cohesive right now. And that's what scares me. Well, the only thing I'll say to that is I, I feel like if you have a really good, strong rookie pitcher and you start him against the Blue Jays, then he has a good chance of uh, stymieing the offense. Cause I feel like every time, especially when playing like a, a lower tier team and they start some of the, their younger players, the Blue Jays seem to have a tough time stringing hits together. And I don't know if that's like a, a scouting thing or or what but uh uh i i'd say that's like their their weakness is uh is rookie pitchers well then that's what we need to do we need to well <laughs> ryan will be pitching earlier this week so unfortunately you'll miss him but maybe we'll pull winder in there i mean they keep putting him down on the 10 day for shoulder tightness but i don't think that he has shoulder tightness that one might just be a um a protection uh, mode yeah, paper injury. Um, so that's kind of my hope. I, yeah, paper injury, which I'm actually friends with his family. And I don't ask. I don't ask because I don't feel that's my my information to know because that's medical, whatever. It's his, it's his own personal issue. Um, but I really feel like if we can pull Josh Winder in, that might be that might be an upset for you guys. That one would be I would like to see that. Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna hope for a series split. Uh, they can go two and two. <laughs> I'll take a split with you. I'll, I'll take a. I will definitely take a split with you. I'm hoping that the Detroit series is a confidence series for us, and possibly we can get some momentum and relax a little bit. Not that you should ever relax. You should always play each game like it's the World Series or like it's important. But I'm hoping maybe we can relax and just have a confidence series. So that Toronto is a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, uh, I'm re I'm also glad that it's at the end of the week because uh, uh, usually I miss the Blue Jays games at the begin beginning of the week because of softball. So uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing. Uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, the the only the only thing is that 
uh, it, they're an hour later, and, and I, I'm uh, I'm a, an early sleeper, but at least it's only one hour. Yes, it is only one hour. I cover the San Diego series on Friday night, and let me tell you how bad Saturday oh. was for me. Actually, <laughs> I did great on Saturday. I met my I powered through, but yesterday I was so exhausted. I was like, oh my god, I, that San Diego series killed me. Oh, I bet. Yeah, whenever the Blue Jays are on the West Coast, I just I don't watch anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just give up. I just give up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do the same thing with. Uh, I'm a, an Ottawa Senators fan, and whenever they're on the West Coast, that's that's it. I don't watch anything. <laughs> Box score the next yeah, day. <laughs> it's a whole world away here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> East Coast is a whole world away, man. I need sleep. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for uh, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. This is a fun discussion. I, I, I'm happy to hear from a from a Twins writer and fan. Absolutely, um, this was a lot of fun. And if you ever want to do it again, let me know. If you want to recap after the Toronto series, I'd be completely happy with that. But this has been a lot of fun, and it's nice to actually talk to somebody whose team I don't necessarily loathe. And so we can have a decent <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, where can people find you on online? Okay. So you can find our online newspaper. It's twinsdaily.com. And then I am on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And it's at Minnesota sports gal, but it's M N. S-O-T-A, Sports Gal, and that's across all handles. Awesome. I will uh, I will throw that in the show notes so uh, people can uh, click away on those links and uh, and maybe give you a follow and, and find out more about the Twins. I absolutely would love that. I love followers from all different um, teams, so hit me up, chat with me, talk to me. I would absolutely love it. All right. Thank you so much once again. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yep, have a great rest of your week. Thank you again to Sherry Cerny for joining me uh, for that really fun interview. That was really great. Uh, and I'll be sure to put the links that she mentioned in the show notes. Um, so we're just going to end off with an Ottawa Titans check-in. Um uh, Evan Grills recorded the first complete game in Titans history in their 4-1 to win on Friday, July 22nd. That's really cool to see. Um, their their homestand in their last uh, that they their last homestand that they played, they went three and three, winning the their series versus Lake Erie two to one, which uh, finished off I believe with a really close 11 to 10 loss. Uh, and then they lost their series versus Washington two to one. Although that one, their win in that series had a six to five win, which was a come from behind win with four runs in the ninth inning, which was their fourth walk off win of the season. So that's really cool. I hope to. I think they're back home this coming weekend, so I'm hoping to get out to a game. Uh, it'll be against the Sussex County Miners. Um, they are now five and a half games back of first place. They, their last 10, they have been five and five, although Quebec, who they are behind, have been four and six in their last 10. So they've kind of been able to make up some ground, even though they have gone five and five. Uh, so next week, as I mentioned, they're back home Friday 
August 5th against the Sussex County County Miners, but they're going to be uh, on the road first to see the Tri-City Valley Cats to finish off the road trip. So uh, Ottawa Titans doing very well. I I look forward to seeing what they can do in the playoffs. Um, So we'll just end off with the personal stuff as we always do. My strikeout for the week is that I can't get a haircut. Um, I mean, I can. I am able to get a haircut if I really wanted to. But I'm waiting until September uh, before our wedding. So if I want to get a haircut now, I think my hair would not grow long enough to get the kind of haircut that I probably want. So I'm having to let it grow out. And uh, it's, it's starting to get to the annoying length and uh and i would really love to get it cut but uh uh choosing not to is my strikeout and uh i i I call this a bonus strikeout but it's not really a bonus uh but i learned that yesterday sunday nichelle nichols who played uhura in the original series star trek original series passed away i think she was 89 so uh, she has now joined uh, DeForest Kelly, Leonard Nimoy, and uh, James Doohan. Uh, there was a picture that was floating around online with the four of them together on the screen uh, just to, to pay tribute to those actors who have passed away. Uh, my no decision for this week was I got to play softball again. We were off for two weeks because of uh, COVID. Um, however, it was... So it was good to play softball again, but it was five games in three days. We had two double headers on Monday and Tuesday, and then a fifth game on Wednesday. So it was kind of hard to keep up with softball, but uh, it was good to play again. And my home run is uh, my what I call easy read books, and I don't mean that to say like um, you know large print short books, but. Uh, more like books that are easy to breeze through. I'm currently reading The Last Odyssey by James Rollins. It's not a very well-written book, I would say, but the story has me keeping the pages turning and it's making it very easy to breeze through. And I think I'm already more than halfway through, so uh, I'm going to finish it very quickly. It's it's really fun to to read through, and that's what I would call an easy-to-read book, the ones where you have you're turning the pages really quickly and and getting through and enjoying it so uh the last odyssey by james rollins uh i recommend it for the story not necessarily for the writing well that's it for this week as i said hopefully matt will join me again next week when he's back from vacation i should be here as well um and thanks again to sherry cerny for joining me uh, to talk about the Minnesota Twins. That was really fun. Uh, we've had uh, a side discussion. I think uh, we'll have you on again. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. I think Matt would have a good time talking with you as well. So uh, thanks, uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow on Twitter at Jays From Home and, uh, and stay tuned for the weekly poll. And, and hopefully the Jays uh, make some smart moves at the trade deadline. <laughs>